I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agave Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker episode. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria, and this week marks three years of the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Yay! I should I should have some, at this point, after three years, I should have some sort of, what do you call it, sounds that have someone clapping. So let's just pretend clapping. Yay, three years. Also, today is season three, last episode. So for this season, we are rolling it up. Uh, and before I tell you what we're going to go over, I do want to say that I have brought one of my listeners' favorite guests, my husband, George. George, welcome to the Ask a Mastermind podcast again. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. You know, what's really funny is every time I talk to someone and they tell me that they love it when you're on this podcast, they always say the same thing. They always say, and I just love his accent. And I always I reply, have no accent. <laughs> I don't think you have an accent either. No, I'm just kidding. I do have accent. Yeah, but I don't hear it. I'm just like, he has an accent. Okay. He sounds like my dad. <laughs> yeah. That means I have an accent. Um, you know, what's funny is our daughter has started to do the accent because the other day, um, you know, when she speaks English, she would say like, I'm going to, she would say like our neighbor, Karen, um, is in the garden. And yesterday she's talking to my dad and she's like, like she said, Karen in like Greek garden. And I just, oh, oh my God, I nearly died. I was like, how does she know how to do that? Yeah. Both <laughs> kids do that. And it's fascinating how they can distinguish between the two languages. Yeah. Um, well, the reason why I have you here today for this season's last episode is because I want to, I have a lot I want to talk about and I need to talk about it to someone. I don't like to just monologue by myself. So you get to be the sounding board for today's yeah, episode. That, that's why I'm here. <laughs> and we're going to discuss a few things. So I have a list. We're going to talk about the retreat. I want to do a proper recap about how that went and you know, what I hope for the future. I want to talk about dating each other post kids. Um, because that came up in conversation this week with someone, uh, that just had kids and I asked them about dating and they were like, well, I'm not doing that. And I was like, okay, well, let me give you some advice, but maybe record it for the podcast. You can listen to it when you're not busy. Uh, and then the third thing I want to talk about is the latest post I put on my Instagram a few days ago regarding about how I approach you with confidence. I don't even know if you look at my Instagram feed, but I put up a post about how I tricked you into like asking me out. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, yeah. I remember the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm going to end this episode by talking about the five fives challenge. So for everyone listening, stick around. I'm going to give you a challenge until Labor Day. Um, and then after that, I'll be back for season four towards the end of September. Um, and I'm so excited for season four, um, incredible guests, uh, incredible studio. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the first topic, the retreat. I started crying during the welcome dinner in Greece when the retreat kicked off, because I started to think about how in 2020, when we decided to start our first retreat, how that even came about. And that was because 
you know, every month we have one or two groups that do the Agape intensive, which is one of our coaching programs. And we remember that in the beginning of lockdown, it was like, it was feeling really hopeless. Like it was really hard to like advise women and single people like, Oh, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. When you couldn't do this and that due to like, you know, restrictions, physical restrictions. Um, so Krasula mm-hmm. and I, uh, Krasula is one of our other matchmakers. And if you're wondering why we look alike, it's also because we're sisters. She's been working with me for about eight years. Um, we thought, okay, we have to give our people something to look forward to. And we designed the Ag- Agape escapes. That's what we called it. And our first escape was to Greece in 2022. So we sold something in 2020. Uh, for something that's going to happen in 2022. I remember like showing videos. I remember trying to describe the experience before a vaccine was even developed. I just remember saying by 2022, we will all be mm-hmm. vaccinated. There will be a vaccine. We will be vaccinated and we'll be able to travel. Like I remember saying those things and they happened. And last year we had our first escape followed by another escape uh, in Tulum for Agape Intensive and that in person. And then we had our second escape this year uh, in Greece in, uh, in, on the island of Paros again. Um, the itinerary was exquisite. We did a lot of things. It wasn't just traveling to one island. It was traveling technically to four islands because we visited Adiparos, which is right next to Paros for the day. We also mm-hmm. did a day trip to Vilos, which... Um, Everyone on my team likes to call the manifestation island. And sure enough, lots of us read our manifest that we want to bring into our lives. It is a, it's like an, an energy epicenter for ancient Greeks and modern Greeks and just people coming. Um, and then, um, and then we, we went to Mykonos for a few hours and then we headed back to Paros and it was just like a really, it was a really nice week with really incredible mm-hmm. women. And it made me really motivated in what I hope for the future. And that is that I envision next year and the following years to not just have one escape, but to have a few escapes um, and opportunities for people to have not only the best week of their lives, but to meet people, um, to meet great people and have those connections. Because I think as a matchmaker, my job is not only to like help guide people in finding the love of their lives, but I think it's also just helping people make the connections for other people that are opportunities in their lives. And it, that might be, you know, romantic, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you meet someone and they have a brother or a best friend that they can introduce you to, but also like you get this group of cheerleaders for the rest of your life. You know, we have a WhatsApp chat from both groups and those things light up, uh, every single day, you know? Um, and I'm just so proud of everyone that's attended these escapes because I do feel that cheerleading aspect. I feel like the support that everyone has for the group. And, and you know, yeah. I, I just want to say something that I get from every time you talk about the escapes and the coaching program, that the energy and the bonding between the people who participate there, it's unbelievable. It's not just like a trip that you take. It's, it's a whole experience. You meet a lot of new people. And you, every time you come back from those retreats, you are like a new person. I'm a new person. Imagine how these women are that have attended. That's exactly my point. Yeah. You know, I just, I also realized like a few things this year when we were in Delos that I didn't realize last year. Um, This year we had this incredible guide um, and he was, you know, guiding us with the whisper, the thing that you put in your ear. It was interesting for me as a Greek person experiencing a really good guide 
because he was showing certain blocks that had Greek language on them from 500 BC. And I could actually read them. Like, I was like, oh, this isn't ancient Greek. This is someone's name. And it says the date, like it says like, you know, the month. And it said like certain things that I was just like, I know, I understand what's being said here. And that, that connection, like I've always felt kind of disconnected to ancient Greeks. It's like, oh yeah, they existed and, you know, we're clearly different. But in that, in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I feel this immense pride because there is this connection of language between me and something that happened 2,500 years ago. The other thing that I realized when I was in Vilos, just because it's considered like an aura, right? It's considered this like energy epicenter, like, you know, in, in antiquity, people would go to Vilos, which by the way, in Vilos, I want you to picture just like a ton of ruins, right? And, and, and yet, because it's between two tectonic plates, things haven't rattled as much as in other parts of Greece. So the ruins there in a lot of places are fully intact. Like you can see proper temples and rooms and, and homes, like old homes and mansions and bathrooms. Like you can see things uh, and even a brothel. And um, if you go on the Wikipedia page, or if you go on YouTube to learn more about this Island and what it, what it signified back then, it was kind of like the Switzerland, like this is where um, commercial epicenter, philosophical epicenter, just a lot of things happening in this place. And one of the things that I realized while I was there is that not only does Dilos have all this power, I think it influences the two islands closest to it too, right? Because I don't think it's a coincidence that the most important church in our religion, the Greek Orthodox Christian religion, is just a kilometer away in, in Dinos, uh, which is a beautiful island. We'll probably have an escape there in the future. And then also Mykonos just next to it, same thing. And not, and I'm not saying like necessarily for religious purposes, but you know, it is a spiritual experience to go to Mykonos, uh, in the sense that any inhibitions you might have just completely disappear and, you know, say what you yeah. will about Mykonos. I think everyone should experience Mykonos once in their life. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that these two islands have such special powers because of their geographic closeness to Vilos. But what do you mm -hmm. think? I mean, you're you're less woo-woo than I am. So what do you think about what I'm saying? No, I agree with uh, what you said. And, you know, Vilos is the island of Apollo, right? And Apollo in ancient and Greek mythology is the god with, uh, the, yeah, it has the, the oracles and it has a very strong spiritual meaning. And actually, that's why it was an epicenter because it, it was kind of like the Mecca uh, it's for Muslims, that's what Thilos for ancient Greeks, you know, everybody wanted to go there because the birthplace of Apollo and he's one of the few Greek gods that had a pinpoint location that he was born in. That's what drove it to become such a big epicenter, both spiritual and uh, trading. And it's funny you mentioned um, Mecca here because, like I said, Thinos is home to the most famous Greek Orthodox church. And it's it's literally just it's right there. And it, and, you know, we're taught to do pilgrimage there as Greek Orthodox Christians once in our mm -hmm. lives. And it's like, yeah, like I, I find it, I find it really fascinating to see, like, I think the geographic closeness to Vilos, the importance of our religion there too. What's also funny is when we were in Paros, I took the women on a tour of one of the oldest churches in our religion in not only Greek Orthodox Christianity, but Christianity period, because a I cannot pronounce this word. Can you say it for me? 
and Lucinda who held down the fort. Um, I just feel so blessed, um, to be surrounded by such great people who have similar goals in this experience, which is to, like I said, give people the best week of their lives, uh, while meeting incredible people that will be their cheerleaders for life. And, um, yeah. So anyway, so that's the retreat. Uh, if you want to learn more, if you want to come to next year's retreat, um, the show notes will have a link where you can get at least on the pre-registration. So this way, when registration opens in a couple of months, you get notified first pre-registration is free. Just putting down your name and your email. Um, and then you get notified first when registration opens. Yeah. All right. The second top, the second thing I want to talk to you about today is dating each other post kids. So the reason why this came up is because one of our family friends, um, just had a baby and I was talking to her about, you know, uh, are you dating? And they said, right now I'm just concentrating on the baby and trying to feel good about, you know, my new body. And it's just a few comments that they said, and you know, their, their baby's three months old. So I was thinking about them and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this on my podcast. Cause I think it's really important. I think you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. on the podcast in the past, but I think it deserves, it deserves yeah. another talking to, because I feel like I've learned a lot more in dating you over the last year as well. So when I was pregnant with our first son, I feel, I felt a lot of resentment in the birth experience and like the immediate after I felt like nobody warned me about what was about to change, what was about to happen. I had a really difficult pregnancy. Um, George, like, man, babe, you like really took care of me in that pregnancy. And, but then we have the baby and I don't remember anyone telling me date your husband. I don't remember anyone telling me you're about to experience an insane identity shift. And like, that's normal. It's totally normal, but you need to acknowledge it so you can get past it. And it wasn't until I think a year in, I feel like it was like 13 months in where I realized, oh my God, I am not the wife. Like I'm not the hot wife and George is not the hot husband. I'm mommy and you're daddy. Well, hold on. But like I'm mommy and you're daddy. And like we had grown into these identities that are valid identities, but they're not our only identities to each other, Mm -hmm. at least. Right. Like we suddenly started to become really excellent roommates. Do you remember this period? Yeah. Yeah. And our case was a little harder also because I was, uh, at the time I was in Boston, you were still in New York. Uh, and it was a commuting relationship with a kid. Right. So, I mean, when people talk about long distance, we've talked about this before, we are the champions of that. Right. Uh, but that made things even harder. And it's it's something that nobody tells you that from the time the kids are born until maybe uh, two years for the first kid, right? Yeah. It's a hazy period that you don't know what you are. Like th- things shift all the time. You don't care anymore about your spouse the same way. You care about the baby, everything. The, the epicenter of everything you do is the baby. If you're going to oh, go yeah. out, if you're going to stay in, uh, what you're going to eat, everything revolves around the baby. And this is not being overprotecting parents or, you know, overzealous. It's a learning curve. The second yeah. kid is like a piece of cake. Yeah. But the first one shifts things so much. 
And yeah, to be fair, nobody warned us. Yeah. And so I kind of want this to be a warning for people to like, if you're not, if you're not in a relationship, save this episode for one day when you are, because I think it's really important to just like acknowledge what's about to happen and also how to get out of that funk. So I remember 13 months in, I was aware there was a problem because I, I remember someone like someone who did not know I was married saying you look beautiful and me feeling something because they were acknowledging me as Maria and not the mommy. And that wasn't a dig at George. It was just like, Whoa, like that's a nice ego boost. I haven't heard, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't because my husband wasn't saying I'm beautiful. It was because I just kept feeling like, well, I'm a mom, I'm a mom, I'm a mom. And George is a dad, a dad, a dad. And it was like, that's when I was like, oh God, like I need to, this needs to get fixed. And, you know, in talking to George, I I will admit, um, you know, go ahead. And this is very subconscious. This is not something that you do like in conscious that you are feeling like a mom or that. So unless someone actually gives you like a trigger to realize that, Right. You can look look there forever. Right. Right. Uh, essentially. And- right. And we we've met like people who after they had kids, they the kids are like seven, eight years old, and their relationship has completely changed since. Right. Because they never got this nudge that, hey, you need to get back on track. Right. So I got that nudge from someone else. I know I just wanted to say because we said this is a warning. This is not a warning not to have kids. This is a warning that you're gonna get through that phase. And once you realize that, it's actually nothing, uh, you can get out of it very easy. You just, you have to be realizing it's something to expect. And you know what I remember about that period too? Like when that happened, I remember I started to get worried and I don't even know if I told you like what exactly had happened. I just remember saying like, would you be mad if I cheated on you? Like, I was just like, it didn't even seem like I have to fix something. It was just like, oh, like do we fix or is this it? Is this, is this it? Is, are we done? Because I was, I was confused and you were like, you were so like, kind of like non Do you remember what you said to me? Yeah. I, I said that, uh, the reason is that I stopped seeing you as my wife. I stopped seeing you as the mom of my kids, of my son. And you see me as the father of your son, as your husband. That's the, that was the problem. Yeah. And you were also like nonchalant. You're like, look, we're going to figure it out. Like, don't don't be upset about something that hasn't happened. Like, you know, it was just kind of like, yeah, I was kind of like ring the alarm. Right. And then I decided um, the best course of action for me to do is just like sleep naked next to you <laughs> until yeah. you snapped out of it. Um, and also I needed to snap out of it. And it took me. It's funny. I remember sleeping next to you naked and it still took me four months to like snap out of it myself from you, mm-hmm. like wanting to be sexual with you, like just like different sexual, not just like maintenance sexual, like, Oh, let's yeah. there. And then, um, and then from, sex. Yeah. And then from there it took you an additional two months. And I remember in that two month period, um, I was crying a lot. I was upset because I was like, why don't you want to do it? <laughs> do you remember this period? Yeah, yeah, of course I remember. And what was was interesting is that after that we start talking to other couples that have gone through had the recently kids. Like, oh yeah, that's what happened with us. That's what it's kind of like the secret that nobody talks about. 
But everyone should be talking but about it. But everybody should be talking about it. Exactly. It's like this thing that happens, nobody talks about it because I guess they're embarrassed. It's like, oh, we, we don't want to disclose that we had a rough patch or, you know, things didn't work out for a while. And we had, a, But that's what happens. Like, it doesn't happen to everyone, obviously. But it's something that apparently hap- it's very common. And yeah. it's as easy to get out of it as just to get in. And the best advice... I feel like we ever received, I don't know if it was the advice or if we just started doing it, if we read it, I don't even know where it came from, but then we started. So things got better. Um, then we conceived Alexandra. And then I remember that because we were kind of like redating each other, like we were going out once a week, we were doing movie nights, like we were doing all these things while pregnant. Um, and then the pandemic happened and that was <laughs> its own like, you know, head fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I remember is once Alexandra was born, how quickly you and I never, <clears throat> excuse me, how quickly you and I did not revert back to what happened with our first kid. Like yeah, we still, even though we weren't having sex the first two months because physically we weren't able to, but also we were fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that we were like, really sexy on each other like i remember we were dating each other we were hugging each mm-hmm. other we were very sensual with each other and i remember that just that whatever we experienced with yanni did not experience after with our daughter yeah no, it's no, because no. of that learning curve i think it just kind of like okay second kid exactly it's like the in the first kid and that and it's not very hard to get out of that uh situation it's just a matter of realizing it because it has it happens it, it creeps on you it happens so suddenly so not suddenly it happens so Quietly, I know why it happens and creeps in you, and it's like it gets you off, it cuts you off guard, basically, and it's very hard to get out of that. But it's I, very easy at the same time. Happened. I figured out why it happens, though. Right? It's because your baby, the first six months, cannot communicate with you. They're unable to tell you what's wrong with them, that they're hungry, whatever. So the only th- communication they have is their poop. So mm-hmm. almost like ninety-five percent of your conversations with your spouse the first six months are about poop. The texture, the color, the consistency, the frequency. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you do poop talk for a really long time, your relationship with the person that you're sleeping next to uh, can definitely shift. And I feel I remember feeling like we've become roommates mm-hmm. um, instead of people who are absolutely obsessed with each other. So then to go back to like one of the other solutions was uh, scheduling sex. And that was such a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, holy shit. How do people not know about this? How, why aren't people more, more people doing it? Because I remember before we started doing that every night. So like the, things have certainly shifted for me lately, but um, for an, our entirety of our relationship, George has always been like a morning sex person. And I've always been a night sex person. But, you know, with kids, pandemic, sick mom, like all these things, every night I would come to bed and I would be kind of praying that George doesn't want to have sex because I was so exhausted. I didn't want to have sex. And then I would feel all this guilt, like, oh my God, I I, I was wrong with me. Um, I'm, I'm, how can I be too tired? Or like, you know, I would be doing something late night on my, you know, tackling my inbox and I'm not going to bed at, at a reasonable hour. And again, it was just like all this guilt every night. There's guilt every single day. The same conversation. Do you want to have sex? Do you want to have sex? Do you want to have sex? And it's like, 
oh, thank God he said no. Oh, thank God. And it's like, oh God, we're reverting back to like, no, you know? And then I don't know how we came up with it, but a couple of years ago, we said, let's schedule sex back in 2020. And we picked the day. And what's interesting is that we would do it on that day. That's not to say that we wouldn't do it on other days. Yeah, but that was like dedicated to that. Like we knew what, like how you know you're going to watch a movie that night and you're going to go out that night. You know, you're yeah. going to have sex today. You're going to yeah. get lucky. Yeah, you're going to get lucky. Everyone's going to take a shower. We're going to put on some candles. We're going to put on like Maria's sexy time mix, which is mostly made up of 90s R&B. Yeah. You know, you know. And then, um, yeah. And then we would have an excellent 11 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's, by the way, I think that's a perfect time. I'm not even complaining. I don't, we've got, other I mean, we're still tired. It's not like we're not yeah. tired. We're still tired. So that's, yeah. and then, um, but was it, what was interesting, what immediately shifted in doing that though, is that like the rest of the week, that guilt that I used to harbor every single night, it just like poof, disappeared. Like no more guilt. It was just like, oh yeah, we had sex last night. Like we're good. I'm good for the rest of the week. And then, yeah, sometimes we do it. Now, though, I don't know what's happened the last few months. I've become like a morning person this year. Yeah, you're finally getting up with your age. Is that what it is? is it yeah, I guess it, once you get in your 30s, yep. Oh, my God. Now we're now we're those people. Mm-hmm. It's great, though. I, I love it when our kids are We like sometimes we'll leave the iPads next to our kids' faces. <laughs> so yeah. when they wake up, they see the iPads, so they can play with it. <laughs> like, don't come in. Don't interrupt mommy and daddy time. But, you know, you cannot, you don't have to schedule sex only. Like the, yeah. if it's not your cup of tea, but you can schedule like a date night. Know that, you know, like how we had the Monday Marvel Mondays, right? We still watch do Marvel something movie. We Mondays. still do, yeah. Today we're doing like a podcast. The, yeah. The, the, like schedule something like that. It doesn't have to be necessarily sex. You can schedule something that will bring kind of the date feeling to you. Um. You get some wine and some cheese and watch like Netflix. That that's good enough. So you don't have to be like uh, sex only. Yeah, no. no I think funny. anything I think, that yeah. uh, makes you feel that you're dating again. Weekly date night just for on the couch, I think, is awesome. I uh, you know we started Marvel Mondays where we would watch a Marvel movie every Monday. Now we've graduated to watching like other action films on Mondays. I got to say watching action films or Marvel films, there is a dopamine release in watching these sort of things and adrenaline. And it feels good to have that infusion into our relationship every week because you and I will like high five each other Mm -hmm. or like, you know, we watch, um, you know, we, we watch action movies in general together on Mondays. And it's like, it's just nice to have that, um, that ritual, with you and um it's still a date even if we're not going out it's still a date in my Mm. eyes and we both treat it like a date we put our phones away Mm. we'll get popcorn we'll get snacks it's date night and it's okay that that it's inside and then we have our outdoor date nights but that one today we had a costco date yeah we didn't have one of those in a very long time i know i was i was really impressed by how you let me kind of roam Usually you're the one that leads like leading Costco because we're shopping now for gifts for, because you're going to Greece soon. So yeah. that's why we're shopping. We're not shopping groceries. So I know the grocery stuff. 
Yeah. So that was, uh, so yeah. So, so for, if you've had a kid, I just want to say that, like, I understand that beginning part is you trying to come to terms with having a kid. It's all this responsibility. If you can't have sex, don't want to have sex. That's okay. But definitely institute a weekly date night. And it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing. It could really just be, you know, watching all the episodes of stranger things, uh, you know, uh, you know, in a week or something, but like do something that is, you know, that gives you a higher heartbeat for just even a little bit, because that's what you need to be, uh, to, to kind of have that dopamine in there, right? Like that's what you mm-hmm. need to get that. And, and you know, so, relationship. something interesting that we start doing now when we watch a movie, we took the idea. There's a Greek show that we watch on YouTube. It's called Broskar. Uh, and I wish, uh, I wish Broscar I know was in was English, in English. Right? Holy shit. It's a fascinating show. It's really funny. It's like two Greek comics and they watch uh 90s mostly action uh movies like um Die Hard 3, uh Conair, like these like manly movies in a way, right? Terminator 2, Independence Day. Day. Independence Day was like their best episode. Yeah, I mean that's like probably the best movie they've done so far, Independence Day. And what they do at the end of the show, like they watch the movie and they comment on that. It's very funny commentary. Uh, And at the end, what they do, they do recasting, where basically you replace the actors with different actors. And this is a really fun activity to do after watching a movie. And uh, you can even do like thematic areas. You can stick like, okay, if it's the 2000s or later movie, you can stick with 90s actor. Uh, Or if it's like a 90s movie, you can stick with Marvel Universe actor or actors and actresses. So you can do like this recasting. That's very fun. That's fun game to play after each movie that we watch mm-hmm. together. Um, Cause then we'll like challenge each other, see who's best. The reason why I say, I wish this show was in English was because these Greek comedians literally make their own verbs. Like they're and it's like, and it also makes sense. Like you're watching it and you're like, I've never heard someone use the Greek language this way. Um, and yet it makes complete sense to me. And, um, my God, I wish, I wish it was in English. Um, and also, I also think that half of their jokes don't translate into English because yep, we don't, that, English language isn't, issue, yeah. you don't use the English language like that. Like, you don't, you know, I, I know that English has a lot of puns, but this is different. And, uh, yeah, it was, I, so yeah, shout out to them. Um, okay. So, so do you think, I feel like we've done well on this topic and I hope this helps whoever it needs to help. Okay, here we go. So then I also want to talk about my latest post on what I put on Instagram. So I'm going to read it out loud. And then I want you to tell me your take on it as the person receiving this. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's what I wrote. I wrote this on threads uh, and then I reposted it to Instagram. So I said, I was telling the story of how I met my husband to a woman last week and how I found a clever way to give him my number because I knew he was too shy to ask. Basically, I asked for his number to text him something and I instead texted him a super cute photo of me while he stood two feet away from me. He replied to this text with two words, you're cute. Anyway, she replies, but how did you know he was into you to do that? And I replied, oh, I just assume every guy I'm talking to wants to fuck me. And Mm -hmm. I'm aware most men don't want to, and that's their problem. I obviously don't want to fuck them either, but that's not the point. The point is to live your own life as the main character. And let me tell you, number one, your posture will perk the hell up. That is so true. 
Number two, your confidence will soar. And three, you'll be daring because you have all the audacity. It's a great way to live. So hell yes, I sent him the text of me. I knew what I was doing and he replied as, as I knew he would. Do you remember the photo I sent you? Yeah, I remember the photo. Yeah. What's the photo? Oh my God. Look at him. He's doing the teacup. Yeah. Drinking coffee. Uh, Greek coffee. But you know, also it was not like a nude photo or something like something embarrassing. It was a cute photo. There's nothing wrong about sending a new, a nude photo. There are people sending dick pics. This is way better. Um, what do you think about this stance? What do you think about this? Um, I mean, to me, I still think of that, but not in like a sexual, it's like, I assume everyone wants to fuck me, but it's not a sexual statement. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm just living in my, I have one live one life to live and I'm going to just be the main character of that life. And that's just how a main character acts, which is like, yeah, if this is not a sexual statement. All of you want to fuck me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does boost your confidence thing like that and very time very often um the the confidence you project is how people perceive you so if you go in any situation without any confidence especially in dating world it's going to be very hard for people to see you for who you are it's i think about um the only time you and i ever get to like walk next to each other because we're usually driving or you know with our kids or whatever mm-hmm. is when Suburbia. we're in crete in the summer when we're in irapetra which if you're following me on instagram you're gonna see a ton of videos there when we're there in august uh that's where that's george's village it's a little sleepy town port um in the south coast of crete and i, I always turn to george who looks by the way like super hot in crete because he gets a bit of a tan He's wearing clothes that are more earth toned and that goes just like so well against his skin. He's wearing, you know, his boat shoes with shorts. Like he looks so cute. And I'll be standing next to him wearing like a pretty nice dress, pretty feminine dress. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, every guy wants to fuck me. How does that make you feel? Like, I'll, I'll like, I will tell him like, you know, you're with like a, you're with like hot shit right now, babe. And yet I'm like obsessed with you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? No, I think it's, you're doing the right thing. It's fine. Would you have, have ever asked, would you have, you've told me, and you have to tell me if this is still accurate, but you told me that you would have never asked for my number. You would have just mm-hmm. added me on Facebook, messaged me for like six weeks until you grew the courage to like maybe ask me out to a bar with our friend. Yeah, that's the best case scenario. Most likely. Best case scenario? <laughs> yeah. Most likely I wouldn't even text you uh, because I thought you were out of my league. Do you still think that? I hope you do. Yeah. (laughs) That's how you know you pick someone, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I love you so much. I love you. Okay. So let's talk about the five. So before we end this episode, um, I just want to add a few things about uh, how to end, you know, how we're ending this season three um, with the five fives challenge. So the five fives challenge is this little challenge that I have in the summer where you got to do the following five things to give you 25 new opportunities to meet someone special by Labor Day. And if you don't meet someone special by Labor Day, that is okay. But now you have that emotional and physical memory of doing all these things to keep doing it, right? Because if you are dating, you should be a complete active participant in that process. You know, I don't think you should just kind of do what George did, which is like, oh, out of my league, I'm going to just walk around. No, like, 
everyone wants to fuck you. Let's go. So <laughs> I've got, I've got a list of five things. So the first thing you're going to do is contact five friends. And this is not your core friend group. Your core friend group is clearly not working for you because they're not setting you up. I want you to think of like five periphery friends, even acquaintances, but like five people in your life. And I want you to ask them to set you up once before Labor Day. Hey, um, I think you're really cool. I bet you have really cool friends. Can you just think about me sometime in, over the next six weeks? Maybe you meet someone really great. I would love to be set up by you. So you're going to do that to five friends. The second thing, I want you to download Tinder. Now, I know some of you are like rolling your eyes. You hate Tinder. Okay, valid. But also if Tinder came out today, we would probably say it's the best app ever because Tinder does not allow you to filter certain things that other apps do. It ju it's just an online dating app that is begging you to go offline, just meet people, right? It doesn't let you filter on religion. It doesn't let you filter on race, which those two factors are the most filtered things ever. Um, and as a result, you get to pretend for a minute or for a moment that Tinder is kind of like the virtual bar, right? If you went to your neighborhood bar in your zip code, uh, in your shared zip code, you would never say to someone like you would, if you were drinking and a person who was not your race or not your religion started talking to you, you would never be like, nah, swipe away. Like, you know, you wouldn't push them away. You would just have a conversation. Um, so I think I want you to download Tinder and I just want you to go out with five people before Labor Day. And Tinder does allow you to write in your intent. So you could say you're looking for a serious relationship or a casual to serious, but just for the purpose of this exercise, I just want you to go with five people that you don't have to find them interesting, but you have to find them safe enough <laughs> to meet in a public place and just have fun. And, and don't overthink this, right? Like you don't necessarily have to go to like a fancy dinner. You could just go to like a cocktail bar or maybe a bar that has like live music. Like I said before, dopamine, you know, you always want to think about that or even just go for a walk and grab some ice cream. Like, why are we overthinking this? This is a Tinder date. Uh, you're in the same neighborhood. It's a hot day. Hey, you want to go for a walk and grab a gelato? Like that's all you got to say. Um, so again, don't download. So the second thing, so again, the first thing was contact five friends. The second thing is download Tinder and go out five days before Labor Day. All right. Number three, I want you to head to Eventbrite if your city has enough Eventbrite events, if it doesn't go to Facebook and check out events happening um, in your area. And I want you to find five things you can go to before Labor Day. And also in this classes count too. So if you find like a weekly cooking class or a weekly lecture, or maybe even your independent bookstore might have lectures, um, or maybe there's like a tech event, right? Maybe there's like a pitch contest. Head on over there. I want you to go out to five different social events uh, in the next six weeks. All right. Number four. Now, if you don't attend, if you don't attend church, temple, synagogue, whatever you go to, um, I want you to invite yourself to your friend's Shabbos dinner or go to a local soup kitchen or a community center or volunteer, or just go to church, temple, synagogue. So I just need you to do that five times. And these are now community outings, essentially right? You're participating in your community. You're participating within your friendship circle. If you want, you can host dinner and invite friends and tell them they have to invite friends, but you have to do that five times in the next six weeks. So I'm making you really busy. All right. And then the last one, and this one's a lot of fun. If you start doing it, I know the first time is really tough, 
but my gosh, it gets so much easier as you go. I want you to go up to five people and just say hello and start talking. That's it. Just go up to five people and just say, hello. Hey, my name is Maria. What's your name? That's it. So if you do these five things, five, you know, five, five challenge, this gives you 25 opportunities to meet someone really special by Labor Day, or at least increase your opportunities for Q4 to be your best Q4 ever. And if you do the five fives challenge, tell me how it's going. Like make a little Excel sheet, tag me in it. Show me what you're doing. I would love to see where you are in progress because this is it. This is how I would approach dating right now. And notice that I never said to you that you have to go take some online dating photos. I didn't say you have to like go through 50 apps. I didn't say any of that. I I just need you to do these things. And um, I think you're going to see a positive impact um, by doing these things. Um, now I would be, um, I, I do want to, again, thank you for joining me on season three. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about two things you can do while we're away. Um, number one is schedule your dating assessment call with Louie. So if you don't know Louie, he's been a guest on the podcast a few times. He'll definitely be visiting us in season four. Hit the and, um, so Louie is agave matches, chief operating officer. He's an incredible matchmaker. And he does this thing called a dating assessment. So a dating assessment is this one hour call with Louie, where he basically collects your dating history and does a chemistry analysis report on you and, and, um, or just different things based on your personal needs. Um, and I get the feedback from women who have done this dating assessment every single day. And the thing that they all have in common is they all say it was like life-changing or, oh my God, this happened. Like they circle back and tell us, and it's really a great call. So if you are looking to do a dating assessment uh, in the month of August, I'm going to include the link to Louis calendar in the show notes. And I want you to book an hour with him because truly it's going to be an incredible hour for you. And I'm just so excited for you to do that call. Um, I also want to add that we have release dates for, um, September, October and December's agape intensives, uh, virtual Our November is in real life in Tulum. Um, and, uh, yeah, super excited to meet some of you this fall and, um, for agape intensive, it's going to be really great. Um, each agape intensive group has been amazing. I'm so proud of the community that we're building here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's it. That's it on my update. I'm just so happy. I had someone to kind of talk to this whole time, George, do you have any thoughts about everything I just said? Do you want to go do the five, five challenge? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to Greece uh, three weeks before me, so I'll do the five-five challenge here. I love it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I will be in Greece. So if you're listening to this, I'm probably traveling to Greece right now uh, this week, and I will be. If you want to follow along, I will be in places that none of your American friends are going to. So I will be in, um, or I'll be in Athens for a couple of days. Um, but then I head up to Volos, which is where my sister lives. And then we will be going to Calanera, which is a little village, um, a little beach village, just, uh, it's close to Volos. Volos is a port city in mainland Greece. Um, and we'll be there. And then after a week, I'll be again in Volos. And then from there, I'm traveling to Alonisos Island, which is the village that my mom is from. And I'm so excited 
to show alonisos because I never get to talk about alonisos. Uh, like I'm so excited. This is um, it's a small island on the island chain of Sporades. So the other islands in that island chain are Skathos, which is a very popular party island. Um, it's mostly Greek and Italian tourism. They don't have room for more. It's really, it's, that's like a really small island, but it's definitely a part of the island. Right next to Skathos is Skopelos, which is, uh, I think, a really family friendly island. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there. It's really nice. Um, that's that's where also m- where they filmed Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. And that's where my mom started her teaching career. That's right. Um, 20 years old. And then next to Skopelos is Alonisos. Uh, that's where my mom is from. Alonisos has like three villages. Uh, that's including the port and uh, no, it has four villages, excuse me. And that is including the port. Um, it only has 1500 inhabitants. Um, and it is an island made up of really resilient people. Um, because if something breaks there, you got to fix it. No one's heading back to mainland for something dumb. I remember being, um, I was saying this to someone a couple of weeks ago. I remember when I was like seven, my glasses broke. And I remember my grandfather taking my glasses to like a, you know, the one welder on the whole Island. And he welded my glasses together because there's no, there's no eyeglass store there. It's there's only one doctor. There's only two cops. There's only one supermarket. There's only one bank, you know, so you have to figure it out. And it's funny because the bank's not open every day either. Um, and then, and Alonisos is very popular among, I guess, Greeks, but especially like French and Dutch people and some English people like the, and those people, like they don't just come once they come like every year. Like every yeah. time I meet a tourist, it's like, oh, I've been coming here for 25 years. And I'm like, what? There, there is actually what an Italian village and a, no, it's a, it's a Dutch, Dutch village, Dutch yeah. village and an English village. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and an Italian even... neighborhood too. It's funny because it's only again fifteen hundred inhabitants, and yet they've taken over these three streets. Um, and and uh, actually, it was very interesting that the Alonso's museum. There's a little museum at the port city that uh, shows the life in Alonso's is run by a Dutch family. They create <laughs> the, museum. the museum. Yeah, yeah. they create. Um, they're awesome, and I'm just so excited to show that I'll be staying at our family house and. Um, yeah, I really love it there. I love the first time I brought my husband there because my husband grew up in Crete and Alonisos is known for two things. It's known for, um, so, well, it's known for a few things, but the two main things is it's got a lot of green. Most islands are very dry and Alonisos is just lots of green, like just Befka everywhere. Um, like the pine cone trees are just everywhere. Just a very nice island. Um, the second thing it's known for is that it's the home of the Mediterranean monk seal, which is an endangered species. Um, it's home to 400 monk seals, uh, and it's considered a national park in the Aegean. Uh, and also they have found, um, stuff from antiquity in the water. So now you can scuba dive in those areas. And in fact, this year, I think they even opened up weddings. You can do weddings, scuba diving there so it's a very interesting mm-hmm. island if you want to follow along check out google it alonisos it's the best um and then after alonisos uh i am going to take my kids on a ferry get to evia from evia drive to athens airport meet george at athens airport leave the car and then fly to crete to hang out with my in-laws again reminder my grandma my my mother-in-law now loves me so it's awesome and uh, I love my sister-in-law so much. So then we head to, from Iraklia, which is the capital of Crete, 
we head to Petra. And if you've been following me for a couple of years, you know, this is the sleepy town in Crete, but it's a lot of fun. And I love showing, showcasing that part of Crete too. It's diametrically different than Alonisos. I yeah, love it. It's, it's called Holystone. That's how we call it in English. No, and you don't call just, it like that in English. Yeah. That's how you call it in English. Yeah. You're directly mm-hmm. translating it. Uh, and it's the southmost city of Europe. You can go, I mean, you can go more south than Europe, but it's not going to be city. Mm. So this yeah. is the southmost city of Europe. Yeah, and it's very dry there. Very dry. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a good summer. I'll be working from home there from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Greek time um, to do meetings and stuff. But I'm really excited to spend time with my family, uh, my sister, my cousins, my sister-in-law. I'm, And, of course, you know, my kids spending time with their cousins. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. And I'm going to miss George the most. I already miss you. Yeah, I miss you too. I'm going to cuddle you extra hard the next two days. You should. I'm, uh, and the kids. Yeah. Well, it's the kids, but. Well, that's it. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for um, thanks for being my guest this week, honey. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always fun. Yeah. And uh, we have an anniversary happening this month on yeah. July 30th. Uh, 30th, yes. So I'm going to tell you right now, happy anniversary. Thank you. Happy anniversary. I, I already got, I don't know what to get you. I feel like I already got you something though, with that motion. Is it like the leather? I don't remember what it is. No, it's ah, it's the latex. I don't know what is it, are you, are you joking? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Is it seven years this year? Yeah. Copper and wool. What? Copper. Okay. Um. Well, guess what? Crete and Alonisos have a lot of copper gifts. So that's where I'll be buying your shit. You're going to have a delayed, mm-hmm. um, anniversary gift i'm excited copper has to be like on its own or it can be like in an alloy i don't know george i'm literally Uh, googling okay (laughs) do you think i care don't give me anything no i'm asking to know to clarify things because like brass is has covering it's covering zinc so i'm like oh maybe i can give something brass does it count i don't know what do you want to get me that's brass i don't know i'm thinking last year you got like these brass earrings they're really pretty was last year brass no you got the earrings that they're made out of brass that has copper. So Those are heavy. Me. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. You don't have to get me anything. I pro- I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, but I love you. And, I love you too. Um, I'm so happy that we continue to date each other. And I hope this inspires other people to want to date each other. Yes. Okay. The end. Let's end this episode. The end. What the do we end. say at the end? Listen to the uh, subscribe so you get notified when season four begins. That's one. Number two, you know, follow us on Instagram, Matchmaker Maria and Nerd Meets Food. And maybe while I'm gone, George will start making a, a, a new, make a new series or something. I don't know. So maybe, yeah. I need to get back on that. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> no, you know how we end it. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next season. <laughs>